0: Bibles, go to Matthew 13, verse 44, a scripture we've been reading for the last couple of weeks, and we're going to carry on in this area. When God saves you and me, it's because he sees treasure inside us. In fact, let me read you a scripture from Peter this morning. It really set me up. Just stay in your Matthew scripture, but let me read a scripture to you. And it's uh, from 1 Peter, chapter 1. It says, For for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you, from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Amen? Amen. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that your faith and hope are in God. Wow. Christ did that for us before we knew God. God did this for us. So when God looks at the world, he sees there is a field. And in that field is treasure. And that treasures you. And he says, in the kingdom of heaven, in Matthew 13, verse 44, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. It's hidden in a field so that you're in this world and God comes looking. Amen. He finds us. He searches. The Holy Spirit searches us out. He looks for those whose hearts are towards him. Amen. So he looks in a field and that field. If you're in Africa, then he knows the, the world is a field. But in, when, uh, when you go in an airplane you look from above, you see many fields, don't you? But it's still part of the same earth. So when God looks from the heavens, he sees the continents, the nations of the world. So he came to the field of Africa and he saved the Africans. He looked to the continent of Europe, saved Europeans. He looks to the continent of South America and, and saves South Americans. God looks at the field and knows where his treasure is. And comes to us and reveals Christ to us. But once, so what he has to do then is that once he sees the field, he pursues the treasure in the field. That's why we as the church must pursue the treasure in the field. Because there's others yet to be discovered. Amen. So he says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. So the treasure is hid in the field. It's not just in the field, it's hidden. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything, and he had and bought it. So two stories telling you the same thing, that the treasure in the field is worth purchasing. Right. So when we looked at last week, we looked at Proverbs 15:6, that says the house of the righteous contains great treasure. So there's righteous. So if you're righteous, you contain treasure. Amen? If you're righteous, you are considered to be of great treasure, great value. If you're righteous. See, many, many believe in God, but they're not the righteousness of God. But you, who are born again of um, imperishable seed, are the righteousness of God. That's considered as treasure, and you're, in, and you're considered as part of his house. Amen? But he says, the income of the wicked, in other words, the treasure of the wicked, brings them trouble. We know this, don't we? So 1 Timothy six eighteen says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves. So now we see there is a work attached to our treasure. What we do highlights the nature of our treasure. And the one behind our treasure. Does that make sense? So when I do things, I'm revealing someone. Does that make sense? If I show this lady, I've never seen her before, I show her goodness and mercy, she looks at me, hopefully she just doesn't see me, but she sees the one behind me, the one who's motivating me to show her goodness and mercy. So she sees my treasure, but she sees the one. Who is the owner of the treasure? Christ. Amen. So, your good deeds is part, is a, is a demonstration of the treasure that's inside you. That's why we must have a work. We must have a work. We can't just be people who come to church on a Sunday and listen. The world is waiting for us. The world is looking for us. It's looking for the treasure. Amen. And it's not looking for you. It's looking for the one who you represent. Christ Jesus. So this is so important that we have, we're rich in good deeds. We're generous and we're willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a the firm foundation for the coming age. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Wow. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted. What's been entrusted? Treasure. So I could easily turn around and say, Chris, Kath, Phil, and any name I want to use, guard what's been entrusted. There are some things that have been entrusted to you through Christ Jesus. He said, guard them. Why? That's the treasure. That is the treasure that's been put in your heart. Well, I don't feel like it's treasure. Who said it's got anything to do with feelings? Do you feel like you've got a brain? But you've got one. Do you feel like you've got a heart? But you've got one. You don't even know you've got certain emotions until you feel them. So you discover them. Well, I never knew how I feel about that until now. That's called a discovery. Was the emotion always there? Yes. It just took a circumstance to reveal what was already there. Everything that you need for life and godliness is there. But you discover it. That's called destiny. You discover what God has put inside you. That's the treasure. So Timothy, guard what's been entrusted to you. And take... uh, into your care, turn away from godless chatter, opposing ideas, falsely called knowledge, which some have professed, and in doing so, have wandered from their faith. Now, Peter tell, told us last week, that's the Apostle Peter, that is, told us last week in 1 Peter 1.13, that we must prepare our minds for action. We must be self-controlled, and we must set our hope fully on the, on the grace to be given us when Christ is revealed. So there is a revealing of Jesus that comes to your life. When I met with Christ yesterday, there was a revealing of his nature to me. When I read my Bible, Christ is revealing himself more to me. He's revealing himself and his ways and his purpose to me. Amen? Every time I pray, there's an exchange of what's been revealed to me. I can talk to him at the level that he's revealed himself. I can call him Father. Why? Because he's revealed himself as a father. I can call him Lord because he's revealed himself to me as a Lord, I can call him the healer because he's revealed himself. You get the picture. All that came because he revealed himself and he's revealing himself. So every time he reveals more of him, I can talk to him at that level. That's why it's so interesting to hear people pray. Because it reveals the level that they know God at. True? It's important that we hear people pray so we can gauge where they're at. So we can bring him up. You can't say, "Hey, you, dude, up there." How many people call him the big fella? I've been talking to him, the big fella up there. He's not the big. Fe- Why is the big fella? Because that's their. They have no relationship with him. He's not their father. He's just the big fella. Or sometimes you look up and go, "You know him up there?" He's not him. If it's a him, it's got a capital H. So the way you speak is the way he's revealed to you. So it's important that he's revealing himself all the time. And how do you reveal yourself through a relationship? So he's revealing his treasure in you. So that you can reveal you can be revealed into the world. This treasure is Christ. Amen. So Peter says that this this Christ has been revealed. So we saw last week, and this is where we stopped it, the first piece of treasure that you and I possess. We need to understand what this treasure is. It's not enough just to say this treasure in a field. We need to understand what are the dynamics of the treasure that Christ has put inside you. If you've got to guard and entrust what's been committed to you, you need to know what you've got to guard. Does that make sense? I'm not just guarding the name of Jesus or my love for him. There's dynamics and aspects of what you've got to guard. And the first one was this. Is that the first piece of treasure that you and I possess is the revealed knowledge of the love of God towards us. So many millions and billions of people still don't know, have not got the revealed knowledge of the love of God towards them. So many religions are working their way through. Hoping that at the end, they're going to get there. We don't have to do that. We know. He's revealed it to us. And because we've got the revealed knowledge of God towards us, we know the love of the Father and the Son is towards us. Amen? Does that make sense? We read last week that the Bible, Jesus said, in parables, I speak to them in parables. Why? Because though they hear, they never understand. Though they see, they never understand. But to you... I don't speak to you in parables. Why? Because to you, you understand. You see. So this thing's revealed to us that's not revealed to others. Is it because we're better? No. God knows the heart and nature of individuals. The Holy Spirit is searching those throughout the earth to see those whose hearts are towards him. God knows whether you're fertile soil or not. So we must never take for granted that God has revealed something to us that he has not revealed to others. And listen, it wasn't a one-off download. God is still revealing himself to us. It's not so many Christians get saved, that's it, they never grow. And when you try to tell them about the things of God, they move into their opinion, well, I don't see God like that. And and they can't give you scripture, why? Because they've never grown, they've never had their eyes opened. It's just their opinions of what they think God is. How many people believe and think that God's not going to judge, God loves everyone? Is that scriptural? No. Why? Because they don't know him. It's their opinion. But opinion means nothing when the word's already said what he is. God will judge the world. But their opinion doesn't count for squat. Because God doesn't work by their opinion. He works by the revealed word of of God. The spoken word of God. Amen. So the second piece of treasure. Are you ready for this? So the first piece of treasure is that you have the revealed knowledge of the love of God towards us. The second piece is, you have the ability to understand. That which has freely been given to us through Christ Jesus. So not only has it been spoken, you've now got the software on the inside of you that allows you to interpret and understand what has been spoken. Amen? Because don't forget, that which had been spoken, the Bible says, was mysteries. And for ages was kept silent. But now through the prophets, through the, the apostles, it's now been revealed to you. But not only has it been spoken, we can now understand it. Are you glad about that? So Ephesians 1 says this in, in verse 3, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly, heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Okay, so he's done that, but how do we understand what he's given us if we're blessed, I need to know how I'm blessed. Amen. For he has chosen us in him before the creation of the, of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He predestined us to be adopted as sons. So I've got sonship in me. Amen. Through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. So there's the revealed knowledge of God. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us, listen, with all wisdom and understanding. He's not only given you an element, he's lavished upon us wisdom and understanding. So when you read your Bible, you've got the Holy Ghost there who will teach you what is the mind and the will of God. You have the right to understand it. Does that make sense? It's not. I'm, you know, I remember years ago, sitting in um, Anglesey, trying to read the book of Job. Right? I ran about 19, reading it, thinking I'm going to understand this sucker if it kills me. And it killed me. I couldn't understand. Why? Because in order to understand what has been written, I have to walk with the one who wrote it. And I didn't have the relationship with the one who wrote it. He's the author of our, and perfecter of our salvation. So if I walk with the one who wrote it, I have the ability to understand what he wrote. Does it make sense? If Carol writes a letter and I don't understand what she's written, and, but I'm, I've got a relationship with I can say, Darling, what did you mean when you wrote that? Now when she says, I don't know, we're in trouble. But God, you can never get God on that score. You can never say, God, what did you wrote? God goes, I don't know what was on the day I wrote that. God knows exactly what you wrote. Amen? So God says, he sees us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled and they will see God. Right? So the Holy Ghost sees that you're hungering and thirsting for more of God. So the will of God says, show him, Holy Ghost, what's in our hearts. Show him what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are talking about. So now the revealed will of God gets revealed to us through relationship. Because God wants us to know what's in his heart. He doesn't want us to be frustrated. Does that make sense? Smile. At least tell your face. You're happy. Without understanding, we're still in the dark ages. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says this. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Oh, that was so good. You're going to read it again. We have not received the spirit of the world. Okay. But the spirit who is from God. Why? So that we may understand what God has freely given us. Can you imagine if I kept saying, if you kept saying to your kids, oh, you know, mum's bought you a wonderful present. What do you mean? What have you bought me? Oh, I can't tell you. That's teasing, is it not? Well, you'll have to wait until you die before you get it. Can you imagine what your kid would say? What do you mean? I've got to wait until I die before I get it. Wouldn't it be better to understand what you've got and bring what, take what's on the other side and bring it over to this side and live in it now? That's why the Holy Ghost has been given to you. So many Christians are waiting to die. I'm holding on. I'm being faithful, Lord. So when I die, I can get it all. God says, you're a fool. You can have it now. Heaven is on earth now. Christ is in you now. The Holy Ghost has given to you now. And you're waiting to go to heaven. When you get there, what have you done on it over here? What treasures did you lay up on this side? Oh, I just thought it was all on there waiting for me, you dipstick. Read the scripture and understand what you need to do to get what's on the other side. All this side is what determines what's on the other. This is a, this is a major issue in many churches. Well, just hold on. Where they went last week, where Fu went last week, this philosophy is alive. We'll just hold on, because Christ sees us and loves us, true. But what about, do you not read the same Bible? I know, because you don't walk with him. So the Bible says this, because we don't understand what's been freely given to us, we can't continue speaking for Christ. Yes? If you've got yesterday's Sky News, but today's news is different from yesterday... Guess what? You're a man out of your time. You're speaking what happened, not what he's doing. Not what is happening. Hello, welcome to Sky News. Sky News tells us what is being said, the news that's breaking today. Yes? So many Christians are just nothing but historians. Christ is breaking news today. What Christ is doing today is not what he did yesterday. But if you're still in yesterday, and what he's doing today, you're old. You're out of time. Now, a day in God is a long time. Amen? So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, he says, This is what we speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Holy Ghost. Again, he's saying the Holy Ghost is the link. This is why we must get people plugged into the Holy Spirit. Expressing what? Spiritual truths in spiritual words. There's a key right there. You want to talk about what God's doing? Express spiritual truth with spiritual words, not opinions. Amen? The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them. Because they are spiritually discerned. So when the person who can't understand what you're saying, they'll either attack you or ridicule you. That's why, when you go into some environments and you speak the word of God, you can always see the immaturity and the nature of someone's heart. Because when, when you speak what they don't understand, their only way of getting you out of there is attacking you or belittling you. Matthew 13 19 says, When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, what happens? The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is how valuable understanding is. What you don't understand you lose. Now here's the key. Let's just say Melanie and uh, Veronica have been to two different classes. We're talking about you are a transdimensional mega being, right? You are a child of God. Right. I speak to her in trans-dimensional mega-being language. She's never heard that language. Has she not? She's never heard that language before. So she resists me because she doesn't understand. She doesn't resist me because she's against me. She resists me because she doesn't understand me. Does that make sense? Right. Right she understands what i what i'm saying but she resists me does that make sense but she resists me because she doesn't understand so the key is she's got understanding but her heart is closed she hasn't got the understanding but once you bring her into understanding her heart's with you god knows the difference in the church god knows the difference in the church as to whether you're resisting the Holy Spirit because you don't understand what he's doing or you're resisting because you don't like what he's say, being said. But understanding is key because what you understand, you can then take another step. What you don't understand, if she doesn't, if, if uh, Melanie doesn't understand, the evil one can come and snatch what she's got. So therefore, if he snatches what she's got and she doesn't pursue what she's got, she'll be left at the same place and she'll never grow. So the key is here, my friend, what you've got, you need to pursue. So that you can come into greater understanding. True? So she's got a responsibility, I've got a responsibility. I've got a responsibility to work with what she brings. If she keeps bringing her willingness, greater understanding will be given. True? When you take an exam, you know that if I don't get and understand what the teachers are teaching me, I cannot pass this exam. So what do you do? You pursue after it. You pursue understanding until you get what you need so you can, you can get the qualification. Right. She might not like it. It cost her. It spent hours. For her to be a midwife, she spent hours studying in some things she didn't understand. Is that right, Mel? Right. But she had to seek understanding. So what did she do? She asked people. She did more research, but what do you, what do we do in church? I don't understand. It's your responsibility to help me. Well, have you read your Bible this week? Oh no, I don't read Bible. Did you pray? No. Right then. Well, how am I supposed to help you then? You do nothing but expect everything. Hello. This is why we have immaturity. Understanding is key. Without understanding, we do not understand God. Any God never becomes bigger in our midst. Does this make sense? So, if you're a resistor this morning because you don't understand, I've got all the time in the world for you. But if you resist because you don't like the package, that's your fault. I'm only going to get sexier. <laughs> so, the Bible says this. Anyone who hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes. Someone's coming for what you know. Or for what you don't understand. Amen? And he'll snatch it away, what was sown in your heart. So many people lose good things by the time they walk out the door. So when we say to you, get the podcast. Go on the website. Download the podcast so you can listen to this message in the week. How many have even been in the podcast? Don't know what a podcast is. But you keep hearing us say it, so you think you'd at least go and investigate it. What's the internet? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Dark age theology out there. Dear me. What's Tinternet? What's Tinternet? Listen, let me give you a little secret. The world, they keep saying, well, everything's going computers. No, everything is computers. It's not going, it is. It's not a sudden development, you know, it's been around for a while. Now, if you don't understand technology, that's wonderful. Just find someone who does. That's what I do. I don't need to read the books. I just need to know the man who's read the books. <laughs> Smart man talks to someone. So I talk to Ralph, I talk to Phil, I talk to Kevin, I talk to Andy. They're all around me. But what I can't do, I can't expect them to come to me each week and say, do you understand? No. I've got a problem. You understand it, you fix it. <laughs> but at least I know they understand. Now, occasionally they'll start talking and Phil will go, it's just big boy language, you don't understand it. So he's already telling me I don't understand. But that's okay for me. I, all I need to know is, all I need to understand is, is it now working? That's why I've got a lot of time for people like Dorothy, who's just got an iPad. She's had it a couple of months now. How old are you, Dorothy? How old are you now? 83. 83. And she's embraced this new piece of technology. There's some of you who are 23 haven't got an iPad. Don't even know what an iPad is. But at least she's working it. It's fantastic. Well, I don't do that technology. A pen's technology. It just depends where you come from. Amen? So he's lavished on us. Ephesians 1 verse 8 to 10 says that he's lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding. He's not just thrown you a morsel. He's lavished it upon us. He's freely given it. And he's made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. In other words, he doesn't want to keep any secrets. To bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ. In order for him to do that, he has to reveal who he is. And what he is and what he's doing and who he's doing it through. So that we can partner and embrace with him. Does that make sense? So you've got a piece of treasure here. It's called wisdom and understanding that God has given to you. He says, guard it. Because people will try and come, come and take away from you what you understand. The enemy will come and try and take away from you. People will get around you and say, oh, you don't want to believe that Bible. It doesn't do this. doesn't do that. doesn't say that. And you think, if you're going through a really emotional crisis, you can listen and buy into that. You have to guard what's been given to you amazing. You never wrestle with the idea that two and two equals four. Do you? Because you've you've settled it. It means four. Well, you need to settle on some issues. Settle on some issues. I don't care what you say. It's been revealed inside here. You can't take it away because it's been revealed. You can't tell me. I don't care what you say. You can never tell me God does not exist. Why? Because my heart has witnessed with him spoken to him, met with him, dialogue with him. He's spoken to me. I don't care if you're all wrong. I know I'm right. Not because I'm arrogant, because of the one who lives in me. That's what faith's all about. The third piece of treasure. The third piece of treasure that you've got is hope. That you and I have, the third piece of treasure is that you and I have this hope that has been set in our hearts. So it's been revealed, we can understand what's been revealed, and by what we we understand, what's been revealed, hope arises. You can't live two minutes without hope. Oh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Wow. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's how it came. And into an inheritance that can never spoil, perish or fade. Where's it kept? It's kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last times. There's more to be revealed. But right now, as a down payment, is put the seed of hope. Now you've got to take care of hope. Because hope can easily be dashed. It's so fragile. Something happens tomorrow. Bad news comes. Hope can be lost. But hope must spring eternal. Hope is a well inside. When, when nothing else makes sense, you've got to ground yourself. Convince yourself what you've been taught. And hope rises up. People are trying to rob your hope. And that's when the enemy comes and takes away understanding. He takes away the hope. Because you can't see your circumstance change. But with new understanding, you see strategies that can get round the problem. So hope arises. But when you can't see a way over or around or through, you lose hope. True? This hope isn't a feeling. This hope is a person. Amen? Amen? It's kept, it's, it's not, it can't perish, it can't spoil or fade. If you plug into what's on the other side, it never fades. The moment you rationalise it, and opinionate it, it's gone. I choose to work from the server, not necessarily from the hard drive. The server has got it all. Christ is my server. My hard drive can get corrupted. 1 Peter 1, 13 says this, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you when Christ Jesus is revealed. In other words, choose to strategically focus and use your hope rather than just believe you have a hope. Use your hope. It's something to be used. It's something to be uh, focused upon my hope causes new actions to come out to spring eternal, because I've got hope. God will do this. If I do this, what he's saying, this will happen. So an action comes from my hope. Amen. Prepare your mind for it, for action, be controlled. Self-control. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given when Christ Jesus is revealed. Our hope is not based in an event. Hear what I'm going to say. So many people's hope is in the rapture. So what's the rapture? It's when Jesus Christ comes and in the twinkling of an eye, the church is just suddenly taken off the earth. So many people are sat here waiting for that rapture to take place. It's going to happen. It is going to happen. We don't know when. We don't know how, where you'll be. We just know in a twinkle of an eyelid, Christ is going to take the church. We don't know what point. I don't care. I have no control over it. What I do have control of is my life. To keep my life focused, be self-controlled, live righteously, keep expecting him. Plan like he's not coming back for another thousand years, but live like he's coming back tonight. Amen. Amen. You got that? Live like he's coming back tonight, but plan like he's not coming back for another thousand years. Live ready for him. So if he comes, it doesn't matter. But if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, he comes back, you're going, oops, can you come back tomorrow? He is coming back. The Bible said that's called the blessed hope. That Christ will return for his church. And I'm going with him. And if you don't want to go, tough. But I'm going My job is to prepare you for that. So our hope is not based on the rapture. The rapture will happen. Our hope is based on Christ Jesus and his word that's been revealed to us. Amen. The word that's been revealed and the word that's being revealed internally. I set my hope on that. I love this. One Peter. You can tell I've been in one Peter a lot, can't you? I'm reading two books at the moment. Hebrews and Peter. This is the revelation that's coming out to me. You're getting it. It's free of charge. All you have to do is turn up this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. He has chosen us before the creation of the world, but has revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, so that your faith and hope are in God. What's your hope in? God, it's a person it's not an event it's not in the rapture that's not my hope my hope is in Christ Jesus on Christ the solid rock I stand all around me is what? sinking sand so it's in Christ not that you're going to rescue me I haven't got a rescue mentality I've got a victory mentality now if you want to sit in church and wait for him fine go ahead but I'm not Romans 5 verse 1, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we are peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom you have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Listen to what he says. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that our sufferings produce perseverance. Listen, perseverance, character and character, hope. So hope's got to be birthed in you. It comes through your sufferings. It comes through your perseverance. It comes through your endurance. It makes everything. Listen, if you don't suffer for what you've got, why will you value what's been given? Hello? If you don't suffer... And find hardships. It's got to worth something. It's got to be produce something. It's got to be to show me that what I've gone through to get when I get before Christ Jesus. I want to turn to around to myself. Everything that I did, every blow I took, was worth it. It cost me something to get here. See, when I'm stand for me to stand before you here, right? You don't know the challenges I've taken. To be here, just like I don't know the challenges you've taken to be here. Okay, so it makes it worthwhile because we know what we paid the price for. True, our salvation must cost us something. It costs us nothing to receive it, but it costs us everything to produce it. To, sorry, to develop it. True, this is the problem with westernised Christianity. It does not want a cost. Or a price. It wants everything for nothing. It wants to sit and believe. It wants to sit and receive. It doesn't want to pay any price, live, take any cost. Doesn't want to take a blow, and it wants to receive everything on the other side. And they call it faith. Grow up. So hope produces endurance. Thessalonians tells us, 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, We continue to remember you before the God of our Father. Your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So your endurance inspires hope. Why would you endure if you didn't hope? Amen. Give you another one hope as a way of showing you what is and what is not futile. One Timothy six seventeen. Command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor put their hope in wealth that is uncertain. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. One Timothy six seventeen that was hope as a way of showing you what is and what is not futile in life. If you put your hope in something, you put your hope in something that is productive rather than something that is futile. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we trust in in Christ Jesus or the living God. In other words, we don't just trust, we put our hope there. You can trust in your money, you can trust in the banks, you can trust in your job. Fine, I trust in Christ. Hope purifies our hearts. How do you know? Well, go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Says this: 1 John 3, verse 2. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. That's why it has to keep on being revealed. Okay, let me f- carry on. But we now, but sorry, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Listen to this: Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies. Himself. Because every time I think Jesus could come back tonight, I make sure I'm right with him. I make sure I'm right. Lord, I'm walking right with you. Lord, just make sure my heart's clear before you, Lord. It's not that I sit there and fear. Of if I've got any little bit of sin, he's not going to tempt me. No, no, no. I just know if I have a sense of his appearing, I want to be right before him. It's Relationship. It's, I have a healthy fear of God. I'm not frightened of God. I'm not frightened of God because if I'm frightened of God, then what kind of what good's that kind of relationship? But I have a healthy fear. I want to be right. I'm His child. He's my father. If it's my father, then I, I respect my father. What fa- well, if you don't fear your father, right? Then who will you fear? But I enjoy my father's presence. So I'm not, fr- I'm, you know, I'm not. His, his presence doesn't strike fear. But I'm respectfully fearful of him. Because yes. I know what he, I know what, who he is. Yes. Amen. Yes. And here's the one I love. This is the one I love. You ready for this? Yes. This is the, the drum roll. This is everything. Hebrews 6 verse 19. Hope. Listen, I'm going to read it to you. And we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Yes. It's firm. It's secure. It enters into the inner sanctuary sanctuary where people could not go behind the curtain where Jesus who went before us has entered on our behalf. He has become our high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Hope goes behind the curtain and anchors our soul in Christ. Hope. Let me say that again to you. Hope goes behind the curtain and anchors our soul in Christ. Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh man, I could shout and sing about that one. It goes behind the curtain and it anchors me. That's why I don't care. Any atheist can tell me God doesn't exist. I don't care. Why? Because I've gone behind the curtain. I'm anchored behind the other side, and I'm saying I see what you don't see. I'm, I'm in a place where you've never been. So don't tell me where, where you've not been. I don't care. And he can give me all his science and give me everything he wants, but guess what? I've met the one. I'm dancing with the one. I've met. I've met him. I meet with him. He meets with me. I'm in a relationship. Now, if you haven't got a relationship, you're gone. Because I'm there, I'm constantly behind the curtain where he is in Christ Jesus, touching the Father, receiving from the Father. Hey, guess what? All I have to do is turn my back on him and just raise my hands. I don't care, you doubters. I've been on the other side. Amen? That's what hope does. That's what hope does. Aren't you glad he's put this hope in you? Now you've got to protect that hope. That's treasure. That's treasure. Understanding and wisdom is treasure. Hope is treasure. That's what he bought. That's what he saw. And that's what he put inside you in the field. And you've got to look after it. Oh, there's a load more yet. There's a load more. If you don't know what to protect, then you'll let things go. You let things go so easy. Can I give you another one? On this, we'll finish. Fourth, the fourth piece of treasure that you and I possess is God-given faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. You did not create faith. Faith was never in you. Faith was never your creation. It was not your master plan. It was not your ingenuity. It was not your inspiration. Faith was given to you by God so you could believe his message. God gave it to you as a measure so that you could receive what was being said to you at the moment it was being said. Amen. So it was a free gift. Now. You must do something with this free gift. You can't just leave what was given to you free and leave it at that level. Why? Well, I'll show you. Galatians chapter 3, verse 23 says, Before faith came, we were held prisoners by the law. Locked up until faith should be revealed. There was a time when you was a prisoner. Hello? You're a prisoner, of, you're a prisoner to yourself. You're a prisoner to sin and death. You had a life sentence. Even though you were alive on this earth, you were dead. Spiritual death had already taken you. You were going to hell. You were going to hell. So before faith came, you was a prisoner. So we can see there was a before. Amen. Romans 12 verse 3 says this. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you. So what what did Paul just say then? For by the grace given to me, something was given to him. He says this, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So what you don't realize, and I didn't realize, is that when you receive Christ, a measure was given. A measure. Now, if I say to Carol, let's just say she gets saved, and I give her 50p. Yeah, I love that's 50p. And I give Veronica 20 pence. And I give Mel a penny. It's sweet. I'm coming back for it. Don't worry. Right? Now, another way we could say this is talents. But I've given a measure. With, as long as they've got currency, each one represents a particular measure and dynamic of faith. Now, have they all got, they all got a measure? Are you sure? Carol's got 50. Why? Because I'm favoring Carol. I'm lucky to have money. I didn't really tell her I had any money in my pocket, but... She's got 20 pence. Mel's got a penny. Now, Mel has the potential to create more than what Carol's got. Has she? Right. She's got a penny. You can create faith. You can create greater measures of faith. You can create it. You didn't create the penny... But money makes money. If you know how to make money. True? The parable of the talents is don't put it under. Don't bury it. Do something with it. Right. Faith is the same. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you have to use what you've got. Right? So she gives me a penny. Veronica gives her 20p. Carol gives me her 50p. All of a sudden now, they've all given me their measure, their faith. And I've got 71 pence of the faith. I've now got 71% uh, sorry, pence of faith. Now, I use my faith. Now, they gave me a portion of faith. Now, I've got to use it. Everyone's been given a measure of faith. You cannot remain on one pence for the rest of your life. If she tries to live this relationship with one pence of faith, she's going to be struggling. If she's going to be living with 20, uh, 20 pence of faith, she's going to be struggling. It doesn't matter what the number you were given. It's only a starting point. Yeah. It's only a starting point. That's all it is. Don't think, well, she's got 50%. She's got a measure. She still has to use it. That's the issue. None of us know, percentage-wise, what that measure was. We just know we've been given a measure. And each one of us have to use it for the glory of God. Amen? So we know that God has given us a measure. So he's given us, a down, he's given us the, the first payment. Let me go back have we gone? So you all got faith? Yes. You all got faith, as the Americans would say. You all got faith? Okay. We're all, given a, we're all given a measure, but you don't know what your measure is, but you know you've got it. Why? How do you know you've got faith? Because you believe what you received is true. There's the fruit of your faith. Right? There were things given to me through salvation I did not understand, but they were given to me nevertheless. Through understanding and revelation, things that were given to me are now made known. They're made known to me so I can use them. Hello? What is the point of me revealing what I'm revealing this morning if you can't go and use it? If you do nothing with what I'm giving you this morning, then guess what? Why do you expect your faith to grow? See, I can't believe how some people come to church and don't even bring a pen or a paper. You're never going to remember it. There's a reason why I write it down. Because I can't tell you what I've written down. Yeah? So the, the mind of a learner is to bring tools that will help him remember. So that they can develop the faith. And guard the treasure. Does that not make sense? Yeah? When you went to school in the morning and you forgot your books, what happened? Right, now I haven't got the, prob- I haven't got the power to detain you. I wish I had the power to slap you around the neck every now and then, but, <laughs> but I don't have that power. Right, so I'm leaving it to your own free will. Well, let's call it another way. I'm leaving it to your own desire. Whatever you desire, you'll pursue. Whatever you desire, you'll pursue. So, Jude says this. Jude one twenty says this. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in the most holy Faith. Jude says it, I'm praying the Holy Ghost. So as you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build your faith up. As you study the Word, you build yourself up. As you talk to one another about God, you build yourself up. Build yourself. Well, it's the Holy Spirit's job to build my faith. What's Jude just told us? Build yourself up in the most holy faith. You have a responsibility. Romans one seventeen says this: For in the gospel of righteousness, from God is re- sorry. For in the gospel of righteousness of a yeah, that's I right, just put an A in there; it shouldn't have been. For the gospel of righteousness from God is revealed, righteousness that is by faith. From first to last, just as it, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The righteous live by faith. So he's already saying, "I want to be righteous this morning, but do you have faith?" The righteous live by faith. So they build themselves up in faith as the righteous. James 1 verse 3 to 4 says this. And this is the last scripture. Because you know. He's talking about trials here. And you know he says you know these have come because you know that the testing of your faith. Develops perseverance. Perseverance. And perseverance, listen, must, must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Faith has come, hope has come, understanding is given, the revealed word of God is being revealed to you, giving you understanding and wisdom so that hope springs, so that faith can materialize. They're just four dimensions. I've got another, ten, another nine for you. You're not having them this morning. Obviously, you're thinking, thank God for that, Lord. He's merciful to us. I want you to guard what's been given to you. I want you to guard. I want you to become strong. This is why I'm giving you this. So that you have no reasons to fail. Guard the treasure. Can you see that you've got those? Can you see those aspects? What you've got in your life? Yeah. Can you see you've got the reveal? You've got the revealed knowledge of God, of the love of the Father towards you. Do you all see that you've got that? Yes. Do you feel you've got the, you, the, the Father loves you? Yes. Right, guard it. Do you, do you see that you've got understandings been given to you? We said, "Well, I don't understand a lot." Well, I would ask you, "Well, what do you do?" How, how, how much do you read? How much do you pray? How much do you talk to people? How much do you, do you find out? Well, I don't do a lot. Well, therefore, you'll stay as you are. There's some subjects I stay away from because I don't like them. And I never will understand them. Why? Because I never pursue them. But what I, what I do like, what I do enjoy, I pursue towards. I pursue God because I love him. I pursue Carol because I love her. I've got more understanding of God than I've got my wife, but there we go but this faith and this hope that's in me 30 years hey it was 30 years last week 30 years they said it'll never last 30 years we've got hope we've got faith we know some things about each other she bought the field I bought the field and the treasure is being revealed through faith and hope She prays for me, I pray for her. And this is what we produce. Faith and hope will produce something. Amen. Amen. This treasure is inside you. This treasure is inside of you. That's why Christ did everything he can to buy the field. He sees what you don't see. So that when you connect with him, you will see what he sees. Let's stand to our feet. Be patient. Ask the Holy Spirit to keep showing you. What I've shown you those four things. There's more to show you. Because I want you to know what I know. When you know what's been revealed to me, then we all know together. None of us is smarter than the other person, then, are they? I could turn around and say to you, Well, I know ten things you don't know. What good's that? We don't out let our boasting be a part of ourselves. What God's given, Paul said, the grace has been given to me, I give to you. So we can all rise together. So, Father, we rejoice in what has been made known to us. We celebrate what is being revealed. Constantly being revealed. We set our hearts on the hope that is to be revealed. And that hope is Christ Jesus. We build ourselves up in the most holy faith by using faith. Faith is holy. Father, we use the God-given equipment that you've given us to guard the treasure. Because we are determined, O God, that lack of understanding will not come to this house. The enemy will not snatch away what's been sown. But we will guard and hold on to that which has been sown and freely given. Father, open our hearts, continually open our hearts so we can receive more. Oh God, take us further. Take us further, oh God. This is my prayer, oh God, that you take us deeper into you. Reveal the Christ in every one of us, oh God. Reveal the Christ on the inside of us. Oh God, let everything that we're doing reveal the Christ. And his glory in us, oh God. Father, we thank you. We pray, oh God, for this week. And pray, oh God, that as the the pathway is open to speak into the family, my God, that you'll give us a prime opportunity to speak that which Walter once stood for, that which he lived in his own life. Oh God, give us one last shot at this thing, so that we can speak this gospel, Lord. For some of his family, this will be the last time they hear it. This will be the only last last chance they get of receiving. But oh God, give us a, a clear shot at this thing so that they give the opportunity so they get the opportunity to receive what has been revealed to us in Jesus name we pray amen the lord bless